Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, all right, let's talk to our next guest, Ray Didinger, uh, a legend, a Hall of Famer. And for Ray, this will be the 58th Super Bowl that he has seen either in person or with his own eyes on television. And we welcome the Diddy, Ray Diddy. How are you, Ray Diddy? <laughs> I'm very good, Joe. How are you? I'm good. So, Ray, give us the quick history here because I, I lose track of this. So, tell me if I have this right. Super Bowl one's the first time the old AFL plays the old NFL. Correct. But they don't call it the Super Bowl until Super Bowl three. Is that correct? Uh, no, actually, it was called the Super Bowl, um, okay. but not the way it's it is now. I mean, it was that was kind of the label, but nobody really used it because a lot of people thought it was stupid at the time. Got it. Uh, and so, oh, Super Bowl. Oh, come on. So they just called it the AFL NFL Championship Game. Right. Uh, people it, thought the it, name it, sounded dumb. What's that? People thought the name was stupid. Yes. Yes. Super Bowl. So yeah. more people. Why? So just to be clear, year one, more people refer to it as the NFL AFL Championship. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I mean, that, that as, as far as, as, far as, as you know, as far as branding goes, I mean, they did they did slap Super Bowl on it, uh, um, but nobody really referred to it as that because really people thought it was stupid. I, wow. um, it was wow. well, you know, Lamar Hunt named it. Uh, it was Lamar Hunt came up with the name. Um, and it was just his, his, he had just bought for one of his kids. In fact, I think it was Clark Hunt who now runs owns the Kansas City Chiefs. He bought for his uh, he bought for uh, one of his children uh, a Super Bowl. You know, remember those things that you used to bounce them off the wall yeah. and oh, bounce yeah. all over the place. Sure, they, they, they had just he, he had just bought for one of his kids a Super Bowl, uh, and so <laughs> that was kind of in his mind. And so all of the uh, all of the big and you know NFL and AFL muckamuckas are sitting around trying to figure what well, what could we call this game? I mean we could call it the championship game, but couldn't we come up with something a little sexier than that? And Lamar Hunt said, "Well, I just I just bought my son a Super Bowl. That's that's not bad. You know, so what do you think Super Bowl, Super Bowl?" <laughs> and they all kind of said, "Yeah, that's not too bad." So that I mean that wow. is literally how they came up with it. That's uh, amazing. And, and initially initially it didn't have much traction, but uh, you know, over time then they, you know, Super Bowl five, they slapped the Roman numeral on it, and then, and then, you know, and, and now it's it's part of a, it's part of Americana. Yeah, it sure is. Ray, one more on the on the deep past because I find this to be such a fascinating part of Super Bowl history, and then we'll fast forward to the present day. Can you tell the audience the story of the re-kick in Super oh. Bowl one? Is it one or two in Lombardi? And that can one. you tell that story? One. One. I mean, Super this Bowl is one. something that would just never happen today. So explain to the audience what happened in the first Super Bowl. Well, first Super Bowl, um, I, we actually did, when I was at NFL Films, when I was working at NFL Films, one of the shows I worked on was a one-hour special for HBO about the first Super Bowl, doing all, putting, getting all of these little stories that went into the, the playing of this first Super Bowl. Uh, and some of them were just hilarious. I mean, some of the interviews were just great. But one of the things about the first Super Bowl was when Pete Rozelle, to bring the two leagues together, they really were two different leagues, uh, to bring them together to play this game, um, each one had its own network. Uh, 
the all the NFL games were televised on CBS, and all of the uh, AFL games were televised on NBC. So Pete Rozelle, trying to be the master diplomat, didn't want to take the game away from he, – he wanted to maintain the integrity of the two leagues and that they each had their own network representation. So he said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll let both of your networks televise this game. So it was on two different channels running at the same time, uh, and which became fairly cumbersome because you had two different crews, two different sets of commercial breaks, going away at different times, coming back at different times. You can imagine how complicated it became. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that happened was coming back for the second half kickoff – um, one team, one network was late coming out of the break. I was CBS was late coming out of the break, uh, and so they they gave the all clear. Okay, we're ready. They, they kick it off, and CBS wasn't back yet. Um, and the balls caught and returned. And now they're frantically at CBS. They're saying, "Wait a minute, we're not back yet. We're not back yet. We're not back yet. We're missing the play." So <laughs> they tell Pat Summerall, who's their sideline reporter, they say, "Listen, we're going to have to do it over again." Um, we we need you to go over and tell Lombardi that uh, he needs to re-kick. Uh, and, <laughs> and Pat Summerall said, I am not going to Vince Lombardi and telling him he has to re-kick. Well, those <laughs> guys, did. those uh, those and players. That was, and that was how it happened. So they actually had to re-kick the second half kickoff because one of the two networks had not come back from commercial break. That's so unbelievable. Those players don't take that kindly. Can you like, imagine if a dude got hurt in the second one? Yeah. Or if the ball got returned for a touchdown. That's tragedy. What Lombardi would that happen. It's an amazing part of, of sports history that, that a re-kick happened because the network Incredible. missed it. All right, Ray, let's fast forward right to Sunday. Um, let's just start with your pick. Kansas City and San Francisco, who are you picking? I'm picking Kansas City. Uh, I'm picking Kansas City just on the basis, well, a couple of things, but on the basis of they're just playing better football right now. You know, I mean, if, if you look back, I think the Chiefs are favored. I think the 49ers are favored on the basis of their regular season performance. I mean, the two regular seasons, there's no question. No question the 49ers had the better regular season. I mean, they were really good. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs lost five out of eight at one point and mm-hmm. were in, in, some, in some danger of not even making the playoffs. But once they got into the postseason, you know, what we've seen here in the postseason, we've seen, we've seen the 49ers in two home games struggle to get by Green Bay and Detroit. And you've seen the Chiefs win that 30-degree below zero game uh, against Miami and then go on the road as an underdog and win in Buffalo and win in Baltimore. And the, the, the fact is the Chiefs right now are playing their best football. Yeah. And, uh, and I just got to go with them. And I, I also got to go with, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I mean, his, his career in big games in this game, um, just remarkable. I mean, if you look at – I did a breakdown. If you just looked at his postseasons, okay, he's 14-3 and three in the postseason. He's completed 68% of his passes, 4,800 yards, 39 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. And this is not – and this, again, now these are just postseason games, right? So he's not playing the bottom feeders. You know, there's no easy games in there. These are all postseason games. And he's been that good. Um, and then the other thing was, just this week I started thinking about this. I thought, you know, how many times – they're playing in a dome here. Okay. How many times has Patrick Mahomes played in a dome? I mean, he plays in the AFC West where most of the games are outdoors. I bet he hasn't played in the dome that much. I wonder how he's played. And so I went back, I looked it up. <laughs> we want to know Patrick Mahomes' numbers playing in a dome. Hmm. He's 13-1, and one, and his touchdown-to-interception ratio is 33-3. to three. Wow. Playing, playing, <laughs> in a dome. 
playing but in a that's dome. ridiculous. He's amazing. He's ama- but but Ray, <laughs> that's crazy. But but, but John's that picking the Chiefs, Niners. But that Chiefs defense <laughs> that has been so nickel and dime heavy during this playoff run. How do they hold up against the 49ers rushing attack that's going to come at them out of 21 and 22 and 23 personnel, heavy personnel groupings? They will. They will. And that's what makes this game fascinating to me. Um, But one of the reasons I like the Chiefs is I I think this is a very balanced team. Um, They they can run the ball very well. Um, I mean, Andy's actually become, Andy's become kind of a running coach. You know, he's, re- he's really found something with this kid Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's given more balance to the offense. So they can actually be pretty effective running the football. And obviously you have Mahomes who gives you that other dimension. That's, that's a given. But defensively, they have been very good all year. And Spagnuolo has done just a magnificent job. I mean, I, I don't think Steve has gotten nearly enough credit for what he's done with his defense. And I, I think the matchup of his defense, everything you say about the heavy personnel and their ability to run the ball is true. There's no question about that. But the other part of it is, how are the 49ers going to fare throwing the ball? And if you look at Purdy, and I, and I don't mean this to come off as criticism of Purdy, because I, I like him and I, I admire what he's accomplished coming from where he came from. But if you look at the splits on his performance, versus you know, throwing against zone defenses versus throwing against man defenses. It's starkly different. When he's, when he's going against zone defenses, he is really good. It plays to all of his strengths, his intelligence, his decision-making, finding the space and, and being real accurate in the intermediate ball. If he's going up against zone defenses, he just, he just cuts them to pieces. And that's part of the reason why he completed 70% of his passes this year. Mm-hmm. But when he goes up against teams that are predominantly man-to-man teams and teams that blitz and bring pressure, his numbers drop way down. And that's what Spagnuolo is. That's what, that's what Steve does, and that's what, he's gonna, that's what Steve's going to do this week. He's going to bring a lot of pressure. He's going to play his two corners. He's going to mm-hmm. play Sneed. Uh, and McDuffie on an island. He's going to match. I'm sure he's going to match Snead up with Ayuk. He's probably going to match McDuffie up with Samuel. Uh, and then he's just going to go after the quarterback. And that's that I, works both think, ways, though. That means that you know the the 49ers have time to prepare a plan. And against man coverage, beating man coverage when you've got stud tight end and stud running back to run those those options and stud wide receiver who could also run out of the slot and Debo mm-hmm. guys who win one-on-one always beats man and also the uh prying guys open with crossing routes like you've seen Ky- Kyle Shanahan do repeatedly in the West Coast offense can really help against man coverage as well yep absolutely and you know I've been in looking at this game now and I've been looking at it for two weeks I've, co- I've considered all of that mm-hmm. um and Look, I think, that, you know, I think this is going to be a real back-and-forth kind of game. I think Me both too. teams are going to have their moments. I think both teams are going to make a lot of plays. Um, I think that it's, I think it's from, a, from an X's and O's standpoint, it's, it's really, it really is a fascinating game. It's, it's um, a good matchup. Yeah, yeah. it really yeah, is. It, it, it really is. But, I, I mean, when I, look at, when, I, when I just see the things that Mahomes is doing um, and the way, the way he and Kelsey are, have really, are really sinking up right now. I mean, in, in the Baltimore game, and Baltimore is a really good team. Baltimore's a really good team, uh, and you're on the road, you're playing them, uh, you're an underdog, and Mahomes and Kelsey may have had their best game. I mean, Kelsey, 11 targets, 11 catches. I mean, they were, they were just peerless. So they're, in terms of their simpatico, in terms of their rhythm, 
they're right there. Uh, and if they're as good as I think they're going to be this week, I, I don't know if the 49ers are going to be able to beat them. And the 49ers' run defense was, was shown up in both the Packers game and the Lions game that you can run. You can run on the 49ers better than you would think. And I think that Andy, knowing he has a good, tough, hard-nosed running back, isn't going to be afraid to call running play. So, I mean, you could make a John. You can make a case for either team. You really yeah. can because yeah. they're that they're that good, which is which is what makes this fascinating. But if it comes right go down on. to it, and I got to make a pick, I got to go with Mahomes. All right, Ray Dittinger with us here on WIP. Ray, let's get to the Eagles. I mean, it's sad we're talking all this Chiefs freaking Niners stuff when you know the Eagles have been home for a while. Um, Britton Covey, I thought, summed it up pretty good yesterday about some of the reasons why the Eagles have been home for a while. I want to play this audio for you and get your reaction, Ray. This, James, will be the first of the two pieces we have on Britton Covey. I definitely think we got emotionally tired from trying to figure out what the problem was. And we kept trying to pinpoint it at this and pinpoint it at this. And um, there was some miscommunication, I think, from coaches to players. There was some pointing fingers from player to player. And there was kind of letting you know, outside voices impact our love for the game and just the happiness that we had and all that combined to really just kind of make us spiral. Ray, there's so many different elements of that to react to, but how do you react to it? Um, yeah, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? Um, and, and I think it's, um, you know, I, I, think it's an honest, I think it's an honest assessment because when we watched what happened with the Eagles over that stretch of seven games down the stretch, um, I think we all sensed there was something like that going on internally. You know, didn't we all? I mean, oh, just 100%. watching this. Yeah, no I mean, you're watching these. You're watching the games, and you're thinking, you know, okay, there, there's something going on here. I mean, there's 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 something internal. There's something within the team that's not just not right. They're better than this. And then what really was shocking to me, and remains shocking to me now, is the fact that the last three games they didn't even compete. You know, it's not it's not just that they lost. I mean, they just didn't play. They didn't show up in Tampa for a playoff game. So that's so when you when you when you see that, then you say, okay, there's there's something more than just the the talent here. There's something internally. So, okay, he said it, and I think he's right. And you know, I thought that heck, I think I even had this conversation with you guys was when they had the week of the big team meeting. Remember that the AJ Brown we're going to have a team yeah. meeting thing, and I and I and you asked me what I thought, and I said. It, to me, it's a it's a bad sign because <laughs> yeah. because because a lot of people said, oh, that's okay. Now they're going to you know the coaches are going to leave the room. It's just going to be the players that are going to clear the air, and this is exactly what they need to kind of refocus, reset. And I said to you, no, it, no, it's not because I've I've been around I've been around teams for 50 years, all in all sports, and I've done the I've done the team meeting thing before. I've seen it. It like never works. I mean, it 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 always winds up with. To, to use his phrase, with finger pointing. Yeah. You know, I mean, nobody's – it's rare that, that it all comes back at, okay, yeah, it's me. Oh, yeah, okay, it's our unit. It's the defense. <laughs> no, you wind up – not you guys. You yeah. know, look what we're doing. And, and that's – and so you wind up with the meetings over and the coach comes in and says, all right, we got everything cured. Oh, wait a minute. Things are worse. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of what happened. And then you saw what happened. I mean, the, the, what, what you saw in Tampa Bay was, was – um, I mean, there's no way a team – a defending conference champion goes into a play. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Playoff game and performs the way that team performed and not have major, no major question. issues internally. Ray, let me ask you yeah, this. Hold on. The, ahead, the thing that's crazy is, is when I've been on a team that had this team meeting without the coach and it actually worked, it's because we talked about pulling together. We, it, it had nothing to do with the coach. It talked about, we, we talked, we need to do this ourselves. You know, the coach, the coaching staff is not giving us what we need. Well, they may have done Let's that. Do, I, I agree yeah. with you, but that, that, but we brought that coach back, you know, like that's, yeah. that's again, we, but they we got rid of two others. No, I hear you. I agree with yeah. you, but it, is it enough? Hey Ray, let me, let me ask you this. It, it's, it's not the main thing in the, in the Covey thing, but I'm curious, you know, with, with punt returner guy who was good punt returner guy. But punt returner guy making these comments, do you think Howie Roseman or Nick Sirianni calls him up and says, hey, Britton, with all due respect, even though you're right, enough? Like, enough of the punt returner commenting for the team? Enough? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I, don't know that, I, don't, I don't know that that conversation took place, uh, but um, it would not surprise me. I would, I, let's put it this way. If they, whether they said it to him or not, they, they, they all thought it, okay? You know, the kind of statements he made are, you know, I mean, there's no other way. They're provocative, yeah. you know, uh, which doesn't make them incorrect, but they're certainly the kind of things that, in light of the way the season ended and the way the fans are feeling about you right now, you know, this is not helpful, okay? And no if, it's going to come, if it's going to come from anybody, um, okay, if it's Jason Kelsey, uh, okay. If it's Fletcher Cox, okay, because you kind of earned that. But you know we don't need we don't need the punt returner uh, hanging our dirty laundry uh, out in the middle of city hall courtyard. Yeah, yeah. And but uh, but I look I give the kid credit because he answered the question honestly, and I think he answered it truthfully. But as how how did it play within the building? Probably not well. Yeah, Ray. Final thing here, uh, and again, Ray Dinninger with us, and we'll get right back to the calls. Um, Ray, I feel really confident. Even if the Chiefs win, you're not going to put Andy Reid above Bill Belichick or. Vince Lombardi historically um, but I am curious if they win um, I'm going to give you five names one of them's not Paul Brown most of our audience obviously not familiar enough with Paul Brown but I want to give you five names the audience is very familiar with and I'm just curious where you think Reed ranks amongst these five Andy Reed Don Shula Tom Landry Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs if Reed gets Super Bowl five, Reed, Shula, Landry, Walsh, Gibbs, where does Andy come in amongst those five? If he, if he, you're talking about if he, uh, if he wins this Sunday, right? If he wins this Sunday. Is he above Shula? Is he above Landry? Is he above Walsh? Is he above Gibbs? Uh, he's. I, I, I would. I would put him above Landry. Uh, if he wins this one, he would tie Gibbs, right? Gibbs won three. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Gibbs won three in less time, for what it's worth. Right, and Gibbs won three with three different quarterbacks. That's right. Which is, I mean, that's that always has to be mentioned. I mean, that's to win three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Um, 
And and none of them superstars, by the way. You know, I mean, you're talking about Theismann, Williams, and Rippon. That's right. I mean, he didn't he didn't win with anybody. It was was Mahomes. So I mean, what Gibbs did that was pure coaching. So I mean, that's that's really good. But you know, Shula won two. Where would I put him? Well, you, you got to go with Belichick for now. Um, don't forget, don't forget Chuck Knoll either. Yep. You know, I mean, we're not. You know, I mean, he was four and zero in those games. Uh, I would probably put him. I, I would put him behind Belichick. I would put. I would put him behind Walsh. Um, because, and I think Andy would even put himself behind Walsh. How about, Andy, how about Andy or Shula? I mean, you you kind of got to give it to Andy. You know, wow. well, that's kinda, big, John. You kind of, you kind of. Don listen, Shula, and, Andy Reid, Ray Dittinger goes, Andy Reid. I, wow! Listen, I, and I'm and, and I and I knew Don. Uh, we were good friends. We collaborated on a book together. I have the utmost respect for him. Uh, he has the most wins. He's the only coach with a perfect season. Uh, uh, it's, it's I mean all of that. Uh, but Andy Reid with you know three Super Bowls. Don won two. Um, and the just and, you know he's the only coach in the history of the NFL to win a hundred games with two different teams. Um, yeah. That's kind of a unique distinction, uh, and the era in which he's coaching, the demands that are on the coaches now, uh, is such. And with the player movement, how hard it is to keep a team together. I mean, you look at the and and boy, I don't want this to come off as criticism of the Dolphins because I love that Dolphins team and they were great. I mean, what they did. I mean, seventeen and zero. I mean, my God. But it was much easier in the seventies before free agency. Sure. If you look at those, you look at the Dolphin team of the seventy. It was one team. I mean, he, he, that, that was one team that he kept for a decade. And he won a lot of games with them, and he coached the heck out of them. He did a great job. But do you know how much harder it is now with the way players move and the way teams move and the way all that stuff happens? There's so many more moving parts. It's, you almost have to rebuild and, re, and remake your team year to year, whereas Shula built one team and wrote it for a decade. So for all of those reasons, and boy, I don't want this to come off as me putting Shula down because I think he's an all-time all-timer. But if you're asking me to evaluate them and put them kind of on a ranking, if Andy wins on Sunday, I would probably put him ahead of Don. Fascinating. Hey, Ray, enjoy the game. And uh, thank you so much for being a big part of the show today, my man. Thanks, Ray. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. See you now. Oh, Bye-bye. Thanks, Ray. Right, the Diddy. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.